Comis and Travis Davidson. Visualizing when we're at our best. We talked about it before the game. Let's visualize when we're at our best. When we're at our best, we've competed against the best in the country. Um, and that's what we that's that's all we wanted to visualize on. And um, you know, you, in these last three games, you know, we've beaten two ranked teams. Um, and uh, you just got to build on it. You know, like I said, belief, uh, confidence, everything going in. Porter Moser talking about his team's uh, ability to make a run in Kansas City. And, well, they're going to have to make a run in Kansas City if they want to be playing basketball after this weekend. Got to win it all in KC if they hope to make the NCAA tournament. Oklahoma State, by the way, last team out, according to Bracketology. We started the show today, and the spread was a pick I just looked two minutes ago, Travis. OSU is back to a one-point favorite, so... I don't know. This line's been moving. Uh, I wouldn't say a ton, but it opened at one. It was back to a pick 'em. Now it's OSU at one. Who knows where it ends, but when tip off gets here. Yeah, I, I still don't understand it, Tyler, but I think there is something to be said for the way that our freshman guards are playing. But, Tyler, if Tanner Groves gets his second foul in the first four minutes, I might turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that's that's going to be rough. And and two, like what has OU done behind the three-point line in their two matchups this year versus OSU? 5 of 22 and 4 of 15. This is an elite defensive group, Oklahoma State, number 1 in the Big 12, and their defensive pressure I think causes some rush shots. They don't OU doesn't get as many open looks against these guys. It's just been a really tough day shooting from behind the three-point line against OSU this year. And, look, I, the biggest key for me, sure, Tanner Grove, sure, rebound. Like, this team's going to have to shoot it well from three, and they just haven't because of that tight defensive pressure. They're going to have to figure out a way to get several more open looks than they have in the first two matchups if they, if they want to win tonight. Because defense well, is the one thing that travels. Well, and something that has plagued, plagued Oklahoma – this year has been turnovers. I mean, there was, uh, I forget the game where we had 24 turnovers to five assists. I think it might have been the Oklahoma State game now that I'm thinking about it at Lloyd Noble, but you simply cannot do that. You cannot continue to give away the ball. And I don't care what sport it's in. If you continue to give the opponent basically unearned possessions, then you're going to lose more often than you win. So, holding on to the ball, you know, while still maintaining a bit of that aggressive nature that you would like to see, maybe a little more pace, that's, that's what it's going to come down to. If, if OU turns in another, you know, 20 turnover performance, then, then they are drawing dead. Just kind of crazy how, I mean, the two games ended up with a very similar finish, you know, OSU winning by double digits, but the games were kind of completely different. Um, OSU got off to a very fast start in Norman, and they had a 22-point lead at one point. OU got off to a terrible start in that last game in Norman. OU got off to a great start in that first half in Stillwater. You remember that? OU was up by yeah. like six at halftime and yeah, should have been up even more. Yeah, and they were yeah. just so bad in the second half when Bryce Thompson just all, all, all of a sudden couldn't miss. So I'd like to say we're going to know everything we need to know in the first ten minutes, but 
judging by that first matchup, I guess that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, and you know, Oklahoma State, they've got, you know, they've got some players that can that can go off like that. What we might need, and I know it's the uh it's the laziest take in sports history to say, well, you just need to make your threes. Well, if you just make a bunch of threes, then you'll probably do all right. Uh, but it's true. Again, again, taking care of the ball, um, taking good shots. Not a lot of late shot clocks, step back threes because you know your offense got stale because people weren't actually moving without the basketball. So, uh, you know, if if Oklahoma can get open looks, then you know they can live or die by the three, I suppose. But you just you just don't want to see the situation where you're just doing dribble handoffs around the you know around the perimeter until there's two seconds left on the shot clock. Uh, one quick note for everyone out there because we we care about you. If you were thinking about betting on a uh, team in the Big Twelve tournament to win it all, and like you're saying, ooh, I really they may not be the best team, but I like their odds. I'll, I'll take that chance. I just want to relay that uh, TCU is not going to have Eddie Lampkin, uh, one of their better players, uh, this week in Kansas City. He took a leave of absence from the team. So, just because we care about you, a little bit of a note there. If you're thinking about betting TCU with pretty good odds to win it all in Kansas City, probably don't do that because one of their better players uh, won't be on the team this week. It's all coming together for the Sooners, Tyler. Yes. It's all coming together. One last tease to end the season. <laughs> Just to make me feel alive. Going One into the player at a time per team. Let's go. How about this ranking on The Athletic about current Power 5 schools that have the most recruiting potential right now, their current situation? Not historically, not over the past 10 years. The top 10 schools, and really they rank every single Power 5 school, but the schools with the best recruiting situations right now, tell me how you feel about this list. Georgia is at number one. Bama is at number two. Ohio State at three. LSU at four. Texas at five. USC at six. A&M at seven. Clemson at eight. Oregon at nine. The Oklahoma Sooners at number ten. OU too high, too low, just right in terms of uh, – uh, recruiting potential based on their current situation. I mean, I don't think it's too sunshine pumping of me to say that's way low, isn't it? I mean, you think they just finished with the fourth. I I, I mean, I imagine we're comfortably inside the top ten uh, with this next class. And then with the state of Oklahoma's talent and the SEC move, you, you have to imagine we're, we're probably no worse than – seventh maybe and in, in, that mean, was no, the number that i thought honestly um, i mean yeah no worse than seventh in 2025 at least so if you put put up classes that are like i don't know if, if we just go 23 24 25 just off the top of my head go like fourth uh probably f- maybe fourth or fifth again and then seventh I mean, none of that would suggest future top ten. And the future means the SEC. And, Tyler, what have we learned about recruiting? The SEC has the southeast part of the country has the highest saturation of five-star talent that there is, right? I mean, it's – And it's really uh, not that close, by the way. Yeah, the fact you're moving towards that conference, and yet you're going to be below people like Oregon, who who knows what their conference future is, if they're even going to be in – you know, one of the top conferences or what Lanning's going to do out there, anything like that. You've got USC ahead of us, which completely ignores that 
they aren't even getting their own California kids, nope. let alone any of the kids from around the country that play the defensive side of the ball. So I just don't understand maybe how how OU is lower on the recruiting future than they are in the recruiting present when we understand that the recruiting future is going to be better situated than the recruiting present. Yeah, I think they should be in front of Oregon. I, I do think they should be in front of USC with the way that California currently looks in recruiting. And maybe even in front of Clemson. Like this is currently, this is right now. And and yes, Clemson won a title in sixteen and eighteen, but Clemson's lost a lot of momentum. And I understand OU just went six and seven as a program, but OU's got a, quite a bit of a recruiting momentum at this point. I mean, they've got a crystal ball in for four of the top nine defensive linemen in this recruiting class. I mean, they're they're, they're really starting to turn in some of their highest ranked classes that they've had in quite some time. I don't think it's too terribly off, but I do think it's about two spots, maybe too low, two or three spots too low. I think OU's right. in the top eight, most likely. Yeah, I just don't understand the 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 idea of recruiting potential. Whenever, like, I, I don't, I, they think our recruiting is going to get worse than what we just turned in, like that much worse than what we just turned With in. With the new one hundred seventy-five million dollar facility coming, the SEC in twenty twenty-four. If this staff gets it turned around, um, that's if all. I mean, two two of those things are definitely happening. And if you can finish, if you can do the last one I just talked about, then there's going to be an even bigger bump. I mean, you got to believe that, right? I don't. I, 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 and again, I hope I hope this isn't uh, on old takes exposed one day. But I don't see us having a the number ten or worse recruiting class for the next decade. I mean, I, I really just don't see how it happens. Yeah, I think um, – I feel like OU is in much better shape with this staff to finish with the higher recruiting wa- ranking. And, and what I say by that is, you know, USC or uh, – even USC now, like they're going to recruit highly ranked offensive players, right? But are they going to land the big fish defensively? Probably not, right? So if you're going to have a highly ranked class, you're probably going to have to have – the bulk of your class be elite offensive players. And that was the case at OU, right? The highest-ranked classes that OU had with Lincoln were because they had a five-star quarterback and five-star wide receivers, not a five-star edge or a five-star safety that you had last year. So now that there's balance recruiting big-time players on both sides, I, I think that that, stand, that, that, that probably means OU is going to have higher-ranked classes consistently because oh. you're recruiting one side of the ball a whole lot better. Well, yeah, you have to have those those well-rounded classes. I mean, like you said, I mean, we can look back to to 2021, to 2019, things like that that are like, all right, you're 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 basically quarterback heavy and skill position heavy, but I, I want to point one thing out specifically and that is the state of Florida. State of Florida obviously the highest concentration of uh five stars, you know, per capita type situation going on. Well, in the 2021 class, Tyler OU signed two players from Florida. In the 2022 class, we signed four. Well, in the 2023 class, we've signed six. Now, as you continue to build out those relationships in Florida, where all the talent is, I I don't see that number getting dramatically smaller. So you're moving towards where the talent's going. You're already building a nice foundation there with six, six signees from the Sunshine State in the 2023 class, I just, like I said, I, I and, and now you get Florida on the schedule annually, so OU's going to be in Hopefully. Gainesville annually. If Yes, of course, if that 
report is true and if that report remains true, I guess, uh, and, and if his guesses are right, old Ross Dellinger. But it's, yeah, I, I just, again, we're, we're moving towards where the talent goes. We're becoming a more attractive school. We're, we're recruiting both sides of the ball. And we have proven recruiters on staff. I just, I, I can't, I, I would love for somebody to explain to me how we're going to get worse. Uh, by the way, going back to uh, last segment about the SEC championship and how Atlanta's going to be a little bit tougher of a destination to get to than what Arlington was all these years. This text says, if I'm Jerry Jones and I cannot get the SEC championship game, I am pushing for a Labor Day weekend SEC extravaganza. Single games on Thursday and Friday, doubleheader Saturday, doubleheader Sunday, doubleheader Monday at Cowboy Stadium, all SEC games. So this oh, texture has the idea of, well, they can do it with high school football games in the state of Texas at Jerry World. Why not just do it with a bunch of SEC games in week one on Labor Day weekend? Yeah, that's, that a, would that's be an awesome text. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? Jerry's just crazy enough. He might do it. I mean, I, I am one that's very pro uh, home and home instead of neutral site, but um, you tell me I can drive down three and a half hours and watch about eight SEC games, that'd be, that'd be tough to turn down. Yeah, and I think maybe it hits differently a little bit for me because I live in Tulsa, so it's a little bit farther away. Um, but, but, no, I mean, I, like I said, if anybody's crazy enough to do it, it would be Jerry, and, of course, he – Went to Arkansas in the '60s, so they were Southwest Conference in the '60s, I believe. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, he 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 would be one to do it. Well, he he sees the relevance of the SEC right now. Of course. And, and, and what does he have? SEC Arkansas events. and A&M play Arkansas right now. A&M. Yes, I'm trying to think of all the SEC. Like he'll have a, I don't I don't know if it's still called a Cowboys Classic kickoff or whatever. But they pretty often have an SEC team in there. I, I wouldn't be surprised. He's not going to get OU Texas, at least I don't think. I wonder no, if he he's going to try not. to get. I wonder if he's going to try to get aggressive and try to get more SEC things under his own building, whether that's college football or college basketball or what that means exactly. But he is a uh, he's a smart businessman. There's a lot of business to be had in the SEC. I, I wonder if he tries to make a play for something. Yeah, I mean, I'm. You know, he's going to try and make a play for something. Of course, he is. Uh, that's that's why they've got the the hotel there, and that's why they have Texas Live there, and that's why they have. I mean, that's they've built it for that specifically, is to hold big things like this. But Tyler, uh, please, never, never, never. I I hope it never goes there. But OU and Texas has to stay at the Cotton Bowl. If not, it's got to go home and home. It can never. It can never deviate into Jerry World. And yeah, I don't. I I just don't think it's going to man. I I think it's going to be at the Cotton Bowl. I think both. Most importantly, the both sides want it there, and if both sides want it there, then I think it's going to stay there. But and even I, if they've got to do some renovations or anything like that, then move it to home and home for a couple years. Have each team get one home game out of it, and then move it back. Like if, if because that's really the only complaint, right? Isn't that what people, you know, usually talk about? Well, the stadium, you know, it needs to be upgraded. It needs to be all this. Fine. You can do your, you know, your little renovations and whatnot, but don't move it to Jerry World because if they do, it ain't coming back. His play is I bet he's going to try to get an SEC championship game or two. I don't know if he's going to be successful. It's going to be hard to, to get it away from Atlanta, but that I bet that's what he shoots for at some point. Yeah, I could, I, yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. 
405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. Keep it coming. We'll get to your text and a whole lot more. More college football next right here on The Ref. This is The Ref Sports Radio Network. You're simply the best. Your favorite summer outdoor concert series is back at Riverwind. Beats and Bites is here and bigger than ever. 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult, May 27th. Gin Blossoms with Tonic and Soul Asylum, June 10th. Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird, July 8th. And Gary Allen, August 26th. So the best place for entertainment this summer is right here at Riverwind. Hey Sooners, did you know you can use your IRA or 401k to support OU while seeking above average returns? Boyd Street Ventures supports OU in Oklahoma by creating economic opportunities for students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Boyd Street Ventures invests in innovative startups by providing initial investments, strategic guidance, operational support, and help in raising additional capital to launch a company. Boyd Street Ventures can help you through the process of Sooners empowering Sooners and investing in OU innovation. For more info, go to BoydStreetVentures.com. Don't miss your chance to catch the number one ranked Oklahoma Sooners softball team this spring. The Omni Hall of Fame Classic Tournament at USA Softball Hall of Fame Stadium in OKC will take place March 17th through the 19th. Tickets start at just $20 and are available now at Soonersports.com slash tickets. Now that open enrollment for health care coverage has ended, there's still several options to consider that just might benefit you. Need to purchase your own health insurance? Confused about Medicare? Considering offering benefits to your employees? Call the agents at Allison Insurance, featuring 70-plus years of combined insurance business experience. They're able to help clients avoid mistakes when purchasing individual or group health insurance. Call Allison Insurance at 800-580-5587 or 745-2968. They are the experts. Reliable, fast, affordable. OEC Fiber was founded on the same principles that brought us OEC 85 years ago. We are reinvesting in Oklahoma by bringing high-speed fiber services to your homes, businesses, and schools. Make sure to visit us today at OECFiber.com to get started. OEC Fiber. We're taking internet, phone, and TV services where no one else will. Somewhere, there's a river rushing through the woods while someone rushes through their day. There's a mountain looking up at the sky while someone looks down at their phone. A trail waiting to be walked while someone waits for a latte. This world is full of somewheres waiting for someone just like you. So go see yours at 154 National Forests and 20 Grasslands. And to learn more, visit nationalforest.org. The National Forest Foundation. See your somewhere. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets. And they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager Learning the Lingo GOAT, G-O-A-T Acronym Stands for Greatest of All Time As in Spaghetti Sandwiches for Dinner 
They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. A reminder, Monday is our biggest event of the year here at The Ref. It's our 68-team giveaway live at the Buffalo Wild Wings in Moore. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Noon until 7 p.m. will be at uh, B-Dubs. Teams will start to give those away at 2 p.m. Again, Monday, March 13th, this upcoming Monday from noon to 7 at the Buffalo Wild Wings and more, we'll give away teams starting at 2 p.m. If you can't be at the events, we know that the Ref Army is growing. Spring break is going on. You might have things going on in your life. That's okay. We are doing online entries, and a limited number of teams will be given away for those who can't attend the event. So if you want to participate but can't be at the event, go to kref.com. That's K-R-E-F.com to register. And when you go to the side, a pop-up box, if that, uh, if that pops up on you, um, if you have pop-up blocker, you're going to need to go ahead and turn that one off to register. So, people in attendance, you're going to have the opportunity to win the majority of the teams. And for those in attendance as well, there will be 10 instant prize winners given away throughout the night. You must be present to win the instant prizes, but there's some really cool instant winners uh, that we're going to be giving away on Monday. So, again, that's noon until 7. Going to be a lot of fun. And, and you'll be out there Monday at uh, B-Dubs, correct, Travis? Um, yeah, most likely. I haven't. Uh, I wasn't uh, on the schedule to uh, be on air, but I might find my way uh, over there, and uh, I don't know. Maybe just knock out a bunch of wings and uh, shout at you guys while you're on air. I'll just heckle Do you. Do that, yeah. Be the heckler. Get the crowd to uh, yell at us the, at the entire time. What could possibly go wrong with that? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna hopefully. Uh, freeze an envelope that's got uh, maybe Kansas in it or something like that and maybe maybe do some uh, rigging of the system I don't know just whatever I'm not you know if I'm not on air I got to I got to make something going on so your Kansas is your pick to win the title then you going with the number one overall seed? They're most likely well, going to be the number one overall seed. I think it's I think it's just a popular pick for sure. I mean, I typically don't go full blown chalk, but you know, without without really looking at a bracket and looking at the path it would take and whatnot, I mean, Kansas is as good a bit as any right now. Yeah, yeah, I I would think so. Jalen Redman made the All Combine team at the uh, NFL Combine this past week. Congratulations for him. Uh, big news in college basketball, though. Chris Beard has emerged as the top target for Ole Miss. And I, I feel wow. like we've expected this for about two to three weeks now, but Chris Beard's going to be back in college basketball next year. Will Wade's going to be back in college basketball. He's the front runner at McNeese State. It just right. means more in the SEC. Yep, yep. Just uh, Kids, if you're listening, I guess it doesn't matter what, what you do. I know uh, – um, there was some confusion around the charges and whatnot. Just be really good at what you do, and it probably won't matter. Uh, Gunny says, so you're telling me I should skip work and ride up with Travis. That'd be an entertaining uh, car ride. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Gunny, Gunny is, has, uh, um, you know, like, like all-time quarterback. Gunny's got all-time navigator for me. He can sit <laughs> in the front seat and navigate. Not that I don't know how to get to more, but yeah. 
He can navigate for me. Greg from Lawton, what heckling Tyler this could consume an afternoon. Yeah, I just I just want to make it as entertaining as possible, and uh, heckling could probably make it about as entertaining as uh, as it could possibly be. Twenty four seven had some coach rankings, their own set of coach rankings, entering the twenty twenty three season. I'll ask you before we get to this list: Do you think Brent Venables uh, made the top thirty five according to twenty four seven Sports? Um, he should. I'll put it that way. If we're judging it just based on who, like, who the actual coach is, taking perhaps past and future into it, and not just saying, "Well, this coach went six and seven, so he must be a bum," then he should be. Yes, he is not in the top thirty-five of, yeah, of uh, head coaches. I am uh, not surprised by that. Some uh, names there: Dave Clawson at Wake Forest uh, was at thirty-five. Mike Elko at Duke. Dave Dorn at NC State was at 33. Kirk Ferentz at Iowa is at 32. See, see, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? What are we doing here? Uh, Rowing the boat with P.J. Fleck at Minnesota at 31. Billy Napier at Florida at uh, 30. He was what? also a 6-7 and seven head coach last year. See, that, yeah, that, that, that's just, hey, you know what? That's fine. Just go out, take care of business. When the list comes out next year, just – be in the top ten. OU baseball did go final, by the way. Nice. Um, they gave up one in the ninth, so they end up winning eight to seven. Even with two errors, they had kind of some uncharacteristic sloppy uh, struggles uh, defensively. But that's uh, six wins in their last seven games. Uh, about to go to Houston, so uh, Skip's guys are turning it on, no doubt. Uh, here's the top five on this list, by the way. Kirby Smarts. 24-7 says he is now the best coach in college football. Nick Saban is at number two. Jim Harbaugh rising up the uh, rankings here the past couple of years. He is at number three. Dabo back to number four. And Brian Kelly at number five. Like it, love it, hate it with these rankings. Um, I think I think that's fine. I think there may be a bit of Saban fatigue. Uh, I totally get you know, Kirby's one back-to-back, totally get it. I'm more of a kind of maybe don't want to give the lifetime achievement situation, but I, I, guess, I guess we could go Kirby on top of Saban, which, but I think if anybody's like, who's the greatest, you know, coach out there, you know, even college or pro, a lot of people would say either Belichick yeah. or Saban. I mean, Saban d- still did have the number one recruiting class and one of with the highest no ranked classes ever. Yeah, with no coordinators. No and, coordinators. And Georgia having by far, in a way, its most dominant run in program history. Right. Alabama still says uh, – yeah, did you forget who I am? So, uh, interesting. I think Brian Kelly obviously did a, did a good job with LSU. Um, and then, yeah, it's interesting because I, I'm i surprised 247 didn't put Lincoln Riley up there. Yeah, really he was at number – he was outside the top five. Mule, she was at number seven on this list. And at number eight, come on, number eight in this list, but number one in our hearts last year. Kyle Whittingham at Utah. So Kyle Whittingham, Travis, who beat, beat Lincoln Riley twice. twice. Yes, is at number eight with way with 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 Utah talent versus without, USC talent. Yeah, yeah. without yeah, yeah, Caleb yeah. Williams. Caleb Williams should be like number eleven on this list. So uh, Kyle Whittingham was at number eight, and Muleshoe was at seven. But Kyle Whittingham beat uh, Muleshoe twice last year. Where, so wh- I don't know how you know that works. what you know what I'm kind of interested on nationally. Tyler is what's the What's the what's the temperature on Ryan Day nationally? Because I know Ohio State fans are kind of fed up. They think, uh, you know, it might be a situation kind of like 
a Bob Stoops situation with Urban Meyer up there. Oh, he got this. He got this Ferrari. He just can't crash it, but he's not actually improving the program much. You know, we we've lost to Michigan twice in a row. Like, what what do you think the national temperature is on Ryan Day right now? Um, I think it's very. Ooh, is this guy going to win a national championship at Ohio State? And not that Ohio State's had six or seven head coaches win there, but it's a program looked at as, you know, you, you, you should win at a very high level there. I think last year was a big year for him, and he didn't cash in. The defense wasn't really much better than it was the previous year, at least against Michigan. This is a big year for him, Travis. If yeah. uh, Second year with the new defensive coordinator. If they get beat by Michigan again and they don't win the Big Ten – then I don't think anyone believes he's not a top 15 head coach. But the John Cooper references will be thrown out there and the, Mm -hmm. oh, he's only a brilliant offensive mind. Like, clearly he's not a national championship level head coach at at Ohio State. Like, this is a big year for him. Right. And that's that's kind of my point, right, is it feels a lot like he's going to have to go maybe take a job somewhere else a la Lincoln Riley to USC to kind of prove no like I am that guy like Lincoln I think I think Bob Stoops's massive shadow was a lot of the reason that Lincoln left right I mean we in in you know the last hour we talked about what we should name the new building we got a hundred text messages that said Bob Stoops oh my gosh so many I mean you know what I mean like that is a very like Bob Stoops has such a special place amongst this fan base that no matter what Lincoln ever did here, it was going to be attributed to Bob in some way. So it's kind of interesting when you think of the Urban Meyer and Ryan Day parallel. I mean, I was never a fan of the Jim Knowles hire anyways because I think at OSU he had a bunch of, you know, 50-year, 60-year seniors that have been playing in the system for years running around out there, a bunch of 23-year-olds playing defense together that I don't didn't think it was that great of a hire. But we'll see because a, a lot of how you're judged in this business is, you know, who do you hire? Are you able to make the tough calls? And that's one thing I like about Brent Venables because the staff that Brent Venables has put together at Oklahoma, I don't think any coach could have come to Oklahoma and put together this staff that we currently have. By the way, if you're uh, just now joining us on the app for the baseball game, what we're talking about is the top 35 head coaches in college football, according to 247 Sports. Uh, Brent Venables did not make the top 35 list, which, by the way, uh, top 35 is a very interesting number. You, yeah, you know, weird. like uh, uh, weird. yeah, thirty-five is an interesting number there. The top five is Kirby Smart one, Nick Saban two, Jim Harbaugh three, Dabo four, and Brian Kelly five. We were just talking about Ryan Day at six, Lincoln at seven, and Kyle Whittingham at Utah at eight. Josh Heupel's at number ten on this list. Wow. Tennessee's got more momentum than they've had since Philip Fulmer won a national championship after the nineteen ninety-eight season. Let's see what they do with it. And that's exactly what I was about to say, man. It is all about what they do with it. Because if they go 7-5 and and 7-5, and then all that momentum is gone, and then Heupel probably finds himself on the hot seat here in a few years all of a sudden, right? Tennessee has to take advantage with the most – um, just the most um, just positive things surrounding their program in like 25 years. Yeah, luckily they've got the truth coming in at quarterback. Yeah, they do. He's good. I mean, I saw him. I saw him throw out in Vegas, and this kid was, I mean, just insane. So uh, he's really good, but you know, it's it, it's one of those things. Does the SEC eventually figure out Heupel's offense? 
you know, it's where the best coaches in, in, in America are. I mean, if you look at that top ten, there's a decent amount of them probably that are in the SEC. The top two certainly are. So, I mean, is it going to get figured out? Is it is it a system-type situation? That's why a lot of people are kind of down on Hendon Hooker as an NFL prospect. Uh, you know, they, they see him in, in Hypo system, and all of a sudden he's he's lighting up scoreboards. But, you know, are we sure that's a – He's a product of a system, or is he actually a great prospect? So it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, I, I, I wish uh, Heupel success, just not against us. You know, uh, Tennessee's going to have a, a target on its back for the first time in a while. It hadn't been that, that way. Though, first time in a very long time. Though they do kind of hate everyone in the SEC, what, what I've noticed. Like, you have your upper-tier rivalries in the SEC, but it feels like Tennessee hates everyone. They claim a rivalry with Georgia. They claim a rivalry with Florida. They even claim a rivalry with Vanderbilt and Kentucky. They play Alabama every single year. That's their most hated rival. Like, that's easy five that I can name off. I think Tennessee hates or has a rivalry with everyone in the SEC. So you yeah. got a target on your back. You hate everyone. Everyone probably hates you. Uh, good luck, Hype. Good luck. Well, And that, and that, win, over, uh, that win over Alabama, you know what win it reminded me of was – the Rex Ryan New York Jets finally beating the Patriots. Yeah. And they finally beat them. They had been pushing them around for years. They finally beat them, and it was such an emotional win that that became what, the biggest win of Rex Ryan's career probably. And, I mean, it after that, that's I hope that's not what Tennessee falls into as, hey, we beat Alabama on one of the most magical nights in our program's history, and that's and we've peaked because we put so much so much into that because the game was never really close with Georgia. I know the the final score might have been, but the game was never really that close. Um, but yeah, so so big year coming up, big next couple of years coming up. Yeah, no, it really is. All right, 405-651-3439, Air Coverage Solutions text line. Keep it locked on the ref. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Ever wonder why someone would go to the ends of the earth and leap into the unknown? Maybe a better question is, what are you waiting for? Pacifico is brewed for those who follow their own path. That's living life anchors up. The best 68 Syracuse head coach Jim Beheim has announced his retirement. So the Beheim era in at Syracuse is over after 47 years. And oddly enough, uh, his career came to an end today against the same team he accused of buying a team and used it to kind of uh, – you know, talk about, oh, oh the, uh, the state of college athletics is all screwed up. He said Wake Forest bought his team, and they just ousted him in the ACC tournament today. So, yeah, it odd. W- wasn't the most graceful of exits for a uh, very uh, storied career. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, been a, he's been a staple, man, my entire life. Yeah, unfortunately, when uh, OU fans think about Jim Beheim, you probably think about that Elite Eight loss to uh, – the Syracuse Orange in Carmelo Anthony. Or maybe you think of happier times, I suppose. It's not the only time OU's played Jim Beheim in the uh, NCAA tournament. Tony Crocker hit about uh, 87 three-pointers in uh, Blake Griffin's sophomore year to beat the Orange in the uh, Sweet 16. So, uh, you, 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 be- you did beat Jim Beheim the last time that you played him 
in the in the NCAA tournament. And Syracuse was in the Final Four the last time OU was in a Final Four. They got beat by North Carolina the same night OU got beat by Villanova. But Boy. 47 years of the same school, man. Tony you Crocker know. with those sweet long sleeves he used to wear. Yeah, well, he was knocking down threes that night. Unfortunately, he couldn't do it in the Elite Eight game against North Carolina. But he did against Syracuse, that's for sure. Yeah, it's it, man, that's just such a long time. But like I said, not exactly. And, and you wonder, Tyler, with how many things are changing with NIL and conference realignment and things like that, if this is kind of the final straw for a lot of coaches that – you know, are maybe set in their ways. They don't want to tackle a whole new, you know, NIL-driven world. They don't want to tackle, you know, new these crazy TV contracts and this, that, and the other. Maybe maybe we just – this is kind of the, the changing of the of the guard, you know. It's Bayheim. You can look – I mean, obviously Coach K just retired. And maybe you just start looking at some of these guys saying, man, I, it's too much. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm done. Yeah, college basketball is about to look a whole lot different. You're right about that. Duke, North Carolina, Syracuse. We'll see how long Izzo wants to coach. Um, yeah, it's I don't know. It's going to look a lot different here in the in the next few years, that's for sure. We're trying to figure out uh, who the new football facility in Norman should be named after. And we've asked that on the text line. We've asked that on Twitter. And we, we've got a few responses. Um, if it's not named after Bob Stoops, it should be named after anyone. Basically, we've got a lot of Bob Stoops mentions. Like, I wouldn't bet on the new football facility being named after Bob Stoops. It's probably going to be named after who donates the most money and wants their name on the thing. But in terms of uh, a former OU head coach or an OU former player, like Leroy Selman is on there for sure. Um, Bud Wilkinson is on there. But I'm seeing a lot of Robert Anthony Stoops, a lot of Bob Stoops, Stoops Center, um, Stoops Performance Center. It feels like about 80% of our responses are saying, yeah, put Bob's name on that building, please. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's interesting, Tyler, if we were to take this poll before Lincoln left, you know, like if we were to take the poll before Bob Stoops came off of the golf course to lend a comforting word to the OU fan base, you know, like like a father you know, coming home, say, patting us on the on the back, say, everything's going to be all right, champ. Like, that's what it felt like. So it it would be interesting to see what those answers would have been just a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, I don't know what the answer would have been a couple of years ago. But after Stoops, uh, he did something very epic and one and something that uh, no one will ever really forget around here for uh, quite some time. Everyone's saying put his uh, – Put his name up there on the facility. Which, by the way, he seems like he's in his element right now, doesn't he? Coaching an XFL team? Yes, he does. I uh, I think he's going to do this as long as the XFL is around. And hopefully the XFL is around for several more years. But it's obvious he wants to stay in the game of football. And this is like the perfect thing, the perfect thing for him. I don't think Bob ever gets back to a major job in college football. Or maybe even in college football at all. I tend to think, man, like seeing how much fun he's having with this gig, if if he can stay at this level of football, he'll he'll stay there for the rest of his career. Oh, I absolutely. I don't think he ever gets back into college or or definitely not pro. Because remember, when you when he retired in the first place, it was about, you know, seeing his his father, you know, spend his whole life coaching, literally his 
his whole life coaching uh, uh, up until he passed. And he wanted to retire. He wanted now he's doing something that's low stress, that's fun, that's new and exciting. I mean, the XFL is testing out new rules. They're testing out putting the the odds on the screen, the betting favorites on the screen, the spreads, testing out you know the, from the kickoffs all the way to whatever, right? It's new, it's exciting, it's a guy that's been around football his entire life and he's able to be a part of that. The schedule is conducive to his family and when his family is playing football, obviously, uh, with Drake still in the wide receiver core at OU. So I just think it's the perfect fit for him. And I don't think, I think you're right, I don't think he ever leaves. And I think uh, maybe in Locked In you guys were talking about uh, Gary Patterson I don't think he ever coaches again either because he's looking at Bob Stoops sitting there in the College Football Hall of Fame, and he's saying, I like how Bob was able to get into the Hall of Fame status early and then really just do whatever he wants. Yeah, and you like how Gary's been snooping around uh, the Arlington Renegades facility several times, haven't you? He was there. how that works. He was there for the uh, season opening game. He was there for at least one practice. Uh, I know Bob was at an event that Gary Patterson had maybe last week or, or two weeks ago. Like, those two were friends, and yeah, I'm sure Gary Patterson's looked at this saying like, hey, I've got a name that the XFL would want to have as a head coach. How do I get one of these gigs? This this sounds awesome. <laughs> exactly. It might be everybody's looking around now. I mean, I talked about how you know, kind of the state of athletics is changing with NIL and all this. Maybe the XFL turns into the most sought-after jobs because they're like, man, Bob looks like he's having a ton of fun. He gets to hang out with The Rock and drink tequila? Yeah, like, sign me up, man. Yeah, I don't know how many XFL games you've watched, but it's actually pretty cool content because it's not out of bounds to show the coach screaming at another player or there being obscenities in the huddle right before a play. Yeah, it's it's great. Again, it's... It's new, it's exciting, it's imaginative. It they they fully embrace the entertainment aspect of it. They're they're not they're not trying to masquerade as something they're not, right, Tyler? Sometimes you get that with the NFL and even with college football. You get it as, oh, NFL's doing things for player safety. They're doing this, that. No, at the end of the day, they're they want to make money. They know delivering a product is going to make them money. But the NFL is exposed to a bit more um, criticism than the XFL is. XFL can just go out and be unapologetically entertaining. I and like I think it. that's what's so attractive about it. Uh, Drake Stoops Football Center for Excellence, says the texture in the 405. That's what it should be named. Uh, the four, another from the 405, the Triple B Palace, Bud, Barry, and Bob. How about the Killer B Palace? I like that, too. Yeah, the Killer B is always good. Uh, Stoops BA Center. I think we all know what BA stands for, right? What about, what about like the Beehive? <laughs> yeah. Zane says name it after Mike Stoops for fun. Um, this from the Stoops nine family. Stoops family. Uh, you know, center for you know whatever. I think the Stoops family might be involved, so people can spin that to be Mike Stoops. Nine one eight. I love Bob Stoops, but you need more than one natty to get your name on something. That is not technically true. You may think that at OU, but doesn't Steve Spurrier have his name on the field at Florida? And I believe he only won the, what, 96 national championship there. Right. I don't if, think if they he, won another one when he was there. Yeah, ne- needing more than one natty. That 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 may, Tyler, just, uh, just speak to 
how OU fans may have been a bit spoiled by some of the historically great coaches and Stoops for just winning the one national title, of course. But, you know, he won all four BCS Bowls. He won. He's he's won an absolute ton. When you think of conference titles, when you think of all that, like, he's done a, an absolute ton. You can't just say, well, he's only won one, one title, so he's uh he's not worth he's done enough for him to he's done enough he's one as we spoke it's enough there's far more context that's needed yeah he's acted as the you know the the big brother or the father figure of the program for over two decades now ty uh ty from bartlesville if it's named anything other than after bob i will be pissed craig from lawton says say it out loud the bob he just wants it to be called the Bob. That that would actually work well. If it's named after Bob Stoops, it might just be called the Bob. Like you had the Bud, you know? Um yeah. the Bob yeah. would be yeah, that that would be pretty sweet. I like it that would a be, lot. It would be shortened to it eventually. Yeah. yeah. Right. So like that I mean it's so it's eventually just gonna be the Bob. Well, what do you think's going on today over there at the Bob? Uh, what recruits are uh, in today at the Bob? Hmm. I like it. <laughs> All right, we'll close up hour number two next. Keep it locked on the ref. More football on the other side. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. Life's too short for small buns. 405 Burger Bar has moved locations to Main Street in the heart of Norman. With handmade Oklahoma onion burgers and a full bar, 405 Burger Bar will be... Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of The Rush. That's Bedlam Men's Hoops tonight, 8.30 on ESPNU. We'll talk more about that at the top of the hour. You do have one game before the uh, Bedlam game tonight. You've got Tech and West Virginia. West Virginia, a four-point favorite. Who knows where Tech is at mentally right now and just where things are at with them. I don't know. Maybe with an interim head coach, they play one of their best games of the year. Iowa State just played one of their best games of the year without Caleb Grill on Saturday, going down to Waco and dominating. I would think, though, that we see West Virginia move on with the win tonight. That that would be my guess. Lots of uncertainty, Tyler. Like I said, it's all fallen into place. We've got interim coaches. We've got players away from the program. We've got. I'm telling you what, it's 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 all fallen into place. So you're saying I need to take the next segment off and bet OU plus 4,000 to win the tournament in Kansas City. That's what, that's what you're saying? You, wait, you haven't yet? I have not yet. No, I was hoping the odds would change. They're still at, at plus, plus 4,000. Yeah, plus 4,000, man. That's a steal. They don't have the worst odds. Tech has the worst odds at plus 5,000 to uh, win it all For in Kansas reason. City this weekend. For a reason. What does Vegas know? Uh, Vegas knows that if OU hits their three-point shots, then there is a path to win it all this week, huh? Yes, yes, exactly. That's what Vegas knows. So we will, uh, we will see. But no, I, you know, in all in all seriousness, I I do expect West Virginia to win tonight as well. Yeah, um, I I guess I wouldn't be too shocked if that was in blowout fashion. Uh, I just I have no idea where Tech is is at right now. Well, they're trying to find their next head coach. Probably that's where they're at. But <laughs> team wise, who knows? Final hours available. Yeah, for now. Final hours next. Fourteen hundred AM, KREF, Norman, Moore, Oklahoma City, and ninety nine point three FM.